Welcome to the next issue of Corbell Career Cast. Today we are thrilled to have Sadie Cox, who is with the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, or NREL, in Golden, Colorado, um, and David Kellum, who is an international human rights master's student with a GECA certificate. So without further ado, I will let them start the next career cast. All right, thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Sadie. Um, and I was just wondering if we could uh, sort of get started, if you want to introduce yourself, you know, give your name, you, you graduated from Corbell and uh, what you studied and what your position is where you work. Great. Yeah. Thanks so much, David. Really excited to be with you today. Um, so I'm Sadie Cox. I um, have, I work at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, as Mira said. I've been at NREL for about 14 years. Um, and I currently have kind of three main hats at NREL. The first is serving as the portfolio manager for our U.S. Agency for International Development and NREL Partnership. Um, I also am serving as the acting international partnerships manager across the lab. And then finally, I also serve as a manager for um, the Net Zero World Initiative. Um, and let's see, I graduated from Corbell back in 2009, um, which was actually right when I started at NREL. So I started there as an, an intern for a few months and then came on as a full-time employee, but had a little bit of overlap between finishing at Corbell and starting at NREL yeah, back in 2009. And when I was at Corbell, I was in the global finance, trade, and economic integration um, track. So... Yeah. Very, very cool. Thank you. Now, talking a little bit about NREL, um, what is sort of, you know, the organization's mission, key areas of work and all that, if you want to sort of go over the acronym and, and sort of see what it's all about? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so I mean, our, our mission is really focused on um, enabling clean energy transformation around the world. Um, so we have a lot of work that that is focused domestically so we have a lot of funding that comes from the department of energy um actually department of energy has invested i believe 17 billion dollars in, in the laboratory um over the years and um a lot of our our work is focused on the research and development side so researching and developing new renewable energy and other clean energy technologies um and then we also have a lot of work that's on the analysis side so thinking about what what do these technologies mean in different contexts and different markets? Um, what does deployment look like? And also, um, you know, focusing on policies and different types of enabling environments for clean energy as well. So in terms of our international work, I believe we have partnerships with something like 70 or 80 countries at this point. Um, it could be more than that. I'll have to look at the, the most recent list, but um, we have a lot of um, partnerships that are focused on the, the R&D side. So um, a number of those are kind of collaborations with technical institutions around the world. Um, and then we also have a number of partnerships with developing countries and emerging economies um, where we're doing a lot of um, capacity building, a lot of peer learning with those countries, kind of exchanging back and forth in terms of um, the clean energy space and sharing knowledge. Um, and yeah, that's a lot of the work that I focus on is, is with developing countries in particular. Awesome. That is a lot, a lot of uh, area that the organization covers. Um, 
And so you, so you said you worked a little bit more with developing countries. Would you want to sort of go into what your day-to-day work is like, you know, what, what you do um, in your three, in your three roles um, and, you know, who you interact with the most? Yeah, yeah, sure. Happy to do that. Um, so I'll maybe start with the work with, um, with USAID. So in that role, I manage our kind of broad portfolio of activities with around 30 countries around the world. Um, and I am kind of overseeing the management of all that work that's happening um, and also working with the team to kind of set the strategy and the vision for our collaboration with USAID. Again, focus on really enabling um, clean energy transformation and decarbonization in various um, various countries. So there's a big team of people at NREL that work on the USA general portfolio. I think it's around 50 or 60 people right now, not, not full-time 50 or 60 people, but, you know, 50 or 60 people that are engaging in various ways with these collaborations. Um, and so we have, you know, various people that are kind of leading at the country level with the, the different activities that we have. Um, and so I'm kind of, again, managing all those work, all that work sort of from the, the broader perspective. Um, and I would say in terms of our work with these countries, it, it really varies in, kind of in terms of the technical focus and sort of where these countries are at and on their journey to, to clean energy. Um, and so we have some activities that are more on kind of the earlier stage side of things, like looking at what is what is the potential for solar and wind energy, for example, in this in in this particular context, like and understanding is there data available to to um, to to analyze that potential, and then you know other countries we're working with them on developing different types of policies to support clean energy oftentimes that's learning from a lot of the policies that we have here in the united states and sharing that learning and building capacity and then in other contexts we're working more on the investment side of things and um, helping countries understand how can they be mobilizing um you know large investments from from mdbs or even from u.s government agencies to support um, clean energy deployment and actual infrastructure investments as well. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I just, I work a lot with, with that team on, on all those different activities and in various ways and kind of setting the high level vision for our activities with USAID. Um, and then on the net zero world initiative. So this is, um, kind of a whole of government initiative to support countries around the world in developing net zero pathways and actually implementing net zero actions, um, we're working with about seven countries through that initiative, and it is um, it, it is a program that was launched by um, Secretary Granholm, so the Secretary of Energy for the Department of Energy, as well as John Kerry about a year and a half ago. Um, it's really exciting work, and, and for that, I'm managing our country activities that we have underway, so our partners are in um, Indonesia, in um, uh, Egypt, um, Ukraine is a partner of Net Zero World, also Argentina, Chile, and Nigeria. So those are kind of our partner countries. And again, we have specific folks, folks that are managing uh, each of those uh, country partnerships more directly, but I'm more on the side of setting the strategy and sort of the vision and, and supporting that team. And then finally, um, my work as an international partnerships manager across the laboratory um, is really thinking strategically. It's, it's focused on thinking strategically about what are the partnerships that we could be building out further in order to achieve our mission at NREL. Um, 
you know, whether that be expanding our collaborations with USAID and missions around the world or collaborations with Department of State or thinking about how we can work with philanthropy and foundations and, and really helping to, to build out those partnerships. So that was really long-winded. I'm sorry, but that's that's sort of what I'm doing in the day-to-day. <laughs> wow, no, that is incredible. <laughs> um, first off, that is that's that's really cool. And so I suppose I'm just curious. Um how do you balance all of this? Um, just, you know, as a, as a grad student, I feel like there's a lot that is happening around me. And then I hear things like this and I think, wow, that's about what all of us are going to go into, but that's a lot. How do you balance three different roles in, in that? Yeah. I mean, so time management is, is really important. Um, and I, I would say that I have, um, focused a lot on really good delegation in terms of working with the team. Like there's, I just, I have the honor of working with the most amazing teams at NREL. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think just really collaborating with the team to deliver on various pieces of these activities. Um, I would also say that I do try, we have a lot of meetings and, and I do try to just figure out which of those meetings are pretty essential for me to be at and which of the meetings, maybe do I not need to join? And I need to take some, some time and some space to do some creative thinking or, you know, to actually get some emails done and that type of thing. So trying to carve out spaces to do some, some thinking specifically, but also just to get work done is important. Cause I feel like in this, in the zoom age or the team's age, like there's just so many meetings now. So, <laughs> um, and then I would say the third thing is that I have two small children at home and I am always managing schedules. Like I am that's just what I do when I'm not at work. So I think my brain is just always in that space. I'm like, okay, what's highest priority? How do I fit all of these different pieces in, in a way that will work? Absolutely. Wow. Well, that is, that is good advice. Um, good advice to say the least. Um, so I sort of want to go back a bit. How did you get into the field of renewable energy? Um, Cause it wasn't what you studied at Corbell, but, and yet here you are. So sort of, could you tell me the, the pathway that, that you took? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, I so when I was at Corbell, I think it was my second year. Um, I just really had had an interest in this area. Like I hadn't focused on renewable energy at all in in my undergrad or in grad school up until that point. But I was like, you know, I really want to get involved in like the sustainability space and clean energy and that type of thing. So I took a few classes. Um, I think one was with Frank Laird. I'm not sure if he's there anymore, but he had a, a global, um, I think it was called like global renewable energy or global clean energy policy class. So I took that class and then a couple other like, um, classes that were focused more on climate and sustainability. Um, and so I just sprinkled a few in, I think it was like three classes, you know, and, and then I, um, I applied for the internship at NREL. And I think that was a, a good time to, to be applying for jobs. Like there was a lot of money that was going into a lot of funding coming in from the government from under the Obama administration, specifically focused on climate. And um, I think, you know, in, in my interview with uh, my supervisor that hired me on, I just focused a lot on those classes that I was taking. I tried to have some sort of like deep dive projects too, that, would set me apart. Like, so one example there is that I had a statistics class at the time and it had no, it was not focused on renewable energy, but it, there was an opportunity to just like 
do a project on kind of any topic that you wanted. And so I did some sort of statistical analysis about renewable energy policies. And so I think that was impressive for the team that I uh, started working with. It was the analysis group I, I said in the Strategic Energy Analysis Center at NREL. Um, so, so I did that. I tried to do some things that are a little bit strategic in terms of like thinking about my next career move. And then when I started NREL, I felt very, I would say out of place and overwhelmed at the time. Like I was working with a lot of engineers and scientists um, that were really in the technical weeds, but I found that I had this skill around being able to kind of take that information and communicate about it in a way that was digestible for, um, you know, just a number of different audiences. So like for our partners, um, for, uh, you know, different types of funders. Like, I think I right away got involved in that space of like, being like, Hey, like, this is a really cool thing. Like, do you want to work with NREL in this space and being able to communicate about why it was exciting without getting too technical. So that was sort of how I carved out my role. And I focused more on the policy side of things because I did have some background in policy. Um, and yeah, so I think that's kind of what I did. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Um, it's comforting to hear that even someone who has, you know, worked in the field for a long time was initially a little overwhelmed with all the STEM people around. So that's, that's Absolutely. good to hear. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so now I sort of want to switch gears and to a little more general, what kind of person succeeds in your organization in NREL? Um, I know you talked a lot about the different, you know, policy, engineering, science. Are there any sort of general traits that NREL has or people that work at NREL have that makes them successful in the organization? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I think there are a couple career tracks at NREL, but I think all of these have some, some similar skill sets that are important at the end of the day, but some of them are much more technical. Um, so, you know, people that are really deeply involved with, I mean, of course, on the research and development side, but I'd say in my center, in the analysis center, there are people that are really deeply involved with like power sector modeling or with um, air quality modeling and just really, 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 um, you know, doing a deep dive in that work every single day. But I think that the people that are most successful, um, even within those career tracks, are the ones that can can take that information and think about, okay, like, what does this mean at the end of the day? Like, why do we want to do this analysis? Like, why would people care? You know, it's almost like that, um, communication. It is that communication piece that people always talk about with science and how, like, that's how you can actually make a difference is through communicating well about the impact of the work and that type of thing. So, um, I think even with the really deep scientists and technical people, I feel that the ones that are most successful are the ones that can do that. Um, I think for my career track, which is more like on the management side of things, um, I think that being able to synthesize information is really important. So I'm always taking in a lot of information across my different programs that I'm managing. Um, and, and so being able to hear from lots of different people in a really inclusive way, and then take that information and come out of it with like, okay, here's like a big concept that we can all that we can all see ourselves in, that we're all excited about, um, that synthesizes what I'm hear, hearing from lots of different people and lots of different sources. And then I think also being able to like get people excited about that. And one way that I like to do that is through like really clearly talking about the impact of the work. And I like to collect like narratives and stories about, okay, like we did this analysis and like now, um, 
there is some sort of actual tangible policy that was implemented, or there is actually like a lot of people on the ground that are benefiting from this new mini grid that we help to inform in some way. And getting to that story at the end of the day and communicating around that, I think keeps everybody excited to do their jobs within the team. And then also allows us to get more, more, um, you know, partnerships and, and funding and all the things that are needed to actually deliver the work. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, those are those are really good, really good observations and tips to for success. Um, now, sort of looking at the organization itself, what is the average tenure of a position? You know, at the organization, how often do people move up? Like, what's the ability? For, I know you had just interviewed actually, so like looking at that, how is internal mobility, um, upward mobility, sort of uh, a thing? How is that? Um, how accessible is that? I mean, I think it's very accessible. And I feel like NREL is great about both like upward mobility, but also like being able to um, say, hey, like I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on energy, water, food things, for example, but you know, I'm really thinking that maybe now I want to be diving in more on like air quality modeling, air quality modeling. I'm just throwing some things out there. Like if somebody had, yeah. you know, some skills in both of those areas, being able to move into like other technical areas that are of interest to people. I've always felt so supported in that way at NREL. Um, but then in terms of like sort of upward mobility, I feel like NREL is really good about kind of like looking internally for, for candidates for new positions. Um, and I feel like those, those opportunities do come up a lot. Of course, you have to put yourself out there if you want to like compete for those positions, which, which can be challenging and I think vulnerable and, and all sorts of things. But, um, but yeah. And then, I mean, I think oftentimes too, like people are promoted just based on the good work that they're doing and, um, you know, within their role and kind of moving up a level and that type of thing. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm just sort of, the last question is just about the field of renewable energy and NREL. Um, what trends um, or changes do you see in this field? You know, future challenges, um, just generally or within the organization as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think so kind of historically, at least within my group and then my, my center, I should say, even my directorate, like we've had a lot of focus on the power sector, the electricity sector specifically, and like, how can we be supporting emission reductions in the power sector? Like how does, um, you know, renewable energy integrate with the grid and that type of thing. And while there's absolutely still like tons of need and demand on that front, we are seeing a lot more interest um, in the transportation sector and the building sector, um, and especially internationally, kind of moving beyond the power sector, and and then also moving out of like those silos of these different sort of subsectors, if you will, and thinking more holistically about how do these different pieces fit together, like how did this you know massive scale up that we're um, uh, that that we're we're thinking will happen with electric vehicles, like how does that relate to the grid and different types of um, ways to manage that. So I think that's a big uh, kind of capability area that we've been building out at NREL is on looking at 100% clean energy studies. We just did a big one with the city of Los Angeles. And based on that study, they're going to be investing like a very large amount. I think it's you know, close to like 70 or 80 million, um, could be more than that, in actually implementing this plan in the city of Los Angeles. And then we're also now doing a similar study with Puerto Rico and also um, with the country of Lithuania. 
Um, so we see this as like a really, again, like unique, cool capability area that will allow us to get to um, what we what we need to do in order to address like our really urgent climate crisis. And then I'll just say one other thing there. I think getting up to like 90, 85, 90% renewable energy within the system, we kind of like know how to do that. It's like that final 10 or 15% where there's still some innovations that are needed. There's still a lot of analysis that's needed around that. So that's where like hydrogen is coming into the picture, carbon capture, carbon capture utilization and storage, um, and some of these other kind of more cutting edge technologies. And that's absolutely a space that we're leaning in and a lot leaning in on a lot um, domestically, but also seeing a lot of demand for that type of um, support internationally as well. So, yeah. Wow. Well, I know, you know, for my personal and I know a lot of people at Corbell, we really like seeing, especially from an insider, <laughs> where the trajectory is going. So I cannot thank you enough for, you know, meeting with me here. That was um, the last question. So cool. thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, David. Um, great talking with you. And yeah, hopefully I'll see you. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much. Uh, Sadie, that was so informative. And David, those were great questions. Please join us in the future for additional episodes of Corbell Careercast. Thank you and have a wonderful day.